Consider this, 100% of owners will leave their business one day, but few are prepared. Are you? Don't worry, you're in the right place with this podcast, Succession Stories. Host Lori Barkman, the business transition Sherpa, guides you from transition to transaction, from building value in your business to letting go. Lori is a business transition and M&A advisor, specializing in growth, acquisitions, and selling owner-led companies. She's also the author of the Business Transition Handbook. Get your copy and learn how to avoid succession pitfalls and create valuable exit options. Sign up for a business transition newsletter at successionstories.com. Show us the love by subscribing to the show and posting a review. We appreciate you. Now, here's this week's Succession Stories with Lori Barkman. Welcome back to the Succession Stories podcast. If you're not already, please give me a follow on Instagram at Lori Barkman. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a future episode. And if you listen to this podcast and enjoy it, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. It really makes a difference and enables me to reach more people and help them along the way. Now to today's guest. Christine Nicholson is an award-winning business mentor in the UK, an expert on exit and succession planning and owner-managed businesses. Christine is the author of four books offering practical advice on running better businesses. Her latest book, Sell It, helps business owners get their business and themselves ready for the hardest part of the entrepreneurial journey, leaving your business in the hands of others. She has exited dozens of businesses, generating hundreds of millions in shareholder value. I really enjoyed my conversation with Christine since we're kindred spirits in the exit planning advisory space. You might be surprised to learn that a majority of small businesses don't sell. Why? Well, you've got to listen in to learn. I'll hint at one of the main reasons, owner dependency. As I always say, a business that can't thrive without its owner will be less desirable for buyers. This is a great episode for strategies to help you prepare for a successful exit and protect your hard-earned wealth. Enjoy this Succession Stories episode to learn why your business won't sell and what you can fix now with Christine Nicholson. Christine Nicholson, welcome to Succession Stories all the way from the UK. I'm so excited to talk with you. I'm really pleased to be here. And uh, Succession Stories is such a good title because people really need to hear this message. They really do. Sometimes it feels like a taboo, though, doesn't it? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And, And if you think about it, the word succession is success. Plus a bit. And, <laughs> That's uh, right. you know, I mean, most people start off their business to be a success in whatever they're, they're kind of thinking, you know, their terms of success. But you got to think of it as plus a bit. And it's plus the a plus a bit that's the real magic. That's right. And you reached out to me, which means, look, this is a global topic. You're in the UK. You've been working in this industry for a long time. Yeah. Why don't we start with you? Tell me about your story. <laughs> and it can be a long one. So I'm going to give you the potted version because there isn't an industry that I haven't worked in. I left school at 16 with absolutely no expectations of anything other than working in a shop. And then I realized that I actually could do anything. 
So I joined the, the, the military. Well, I did three soul-sucking years in banking, which if anything's going to destroy the spirit of anything, it's going to be banking. Um, <laughs> unless that's your special superpower. But it, it wasn't mine. So I joined the military and I was going to be in for life. But sadly, having joined the Navy, I realized I had really chronic seasickness. So I had to think of, you know, what was plan B? And I knew a professional qualification was the route to that. So by nefarious means, I qualified as an accountant. And the whole time I was qualifying, I just realized that in the same way that I wasn't suited to banking, probably wasn't suited to accounting either. <laughs> but it did, it, it kind of opened up every aspect of business is, is exposed to accounting. And I was very lucky when I first qualified that I got this great job with a family owned company, but the next generation wasn't interested. So they literally, I literally spent the whole five years I was there bundling up this massive bunch of companies that all had common ownership into exit packages. So that's where I got my cut my teeth on. It was like the greatest apprenticeship in, in exiting and succession planning. And then I left that to start my own business and I, and I started multiple businesses and, and, and I was very, very lucky, you know, all of them were, were reasonably successful. When I sold my last business, my husband at the time got a job out in the Middle East. So I thought, oh, it's time to put my feet up. Not really thinking that, you know, me putting my feet up was going to last about 15 minutes, 20 <laughs> So I, while I was in the Middle East, I, I ended up accidentally running a zoo purely because I overheard a conversation where the magic words of commercial nous and accounting and there was quite a big vision going on. And I was swimming in a swimming pool at the time and I got out of the pool and I walked up to, to the people talking and I said, I'm really sorry, but I have got the hearing of a bat and I heard you were talking about this project. No mention of a zoo at this point, by the way. I heard that you were talking about this project, which sounded really interesting. And it also sounds like something I can help you with. And still no mention of zoo at this point. And uh, when I turned up to work the, on the very first day, it was only a couple of days later, I found myself that my work address was the back door to the zoo. <laughs> and, and then chaos ensued. Uh, you could probably make a movie out of it and it would be a bit Marx Brothers slapstick type of stuff but it was exciting and interesting. And I got into all sorts of scrapes. And then I came back to the UK and a bit lost, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Knew I didn't want to be an MD again. So I started my exit and succession planning consultancy. And you know, I thought it'd be something I'd do for a few months, maybe a couple of years. I've been back in the UK 13 years now. I've been incorporated by 10 years this November. And I'm busier than ever. That's a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing the backdrop about the Middle Eastern Zoo, because that is quite unusual. And congratulations to you on your upcoming anniversary. That's very exciting. 10 years. Yeah. I'm proud honestly, about that. If you told me 10 years ago that I'd still be doing this, I'd have thought, no, because there's going to be no need. But actually, the need is more than ever. Yeah, I can relate to that. It's what motivates me too. We we see business owners, we see opportunity, and we see challenges, don't we? Yeah. And and I really see a lot of business owners who are turning their backs on a significant amount of wealth that 
given how hard you fought as a business owner to build that wealth generator up, it's an absolute crime to see it drift away. It's a crime to yourself for the effort that you've put through. It's a crime to the current economic situation. And it's a crime to the next generation. So I use the word crime, which is quite emotive, but I really, truly believe it is you did not work that hard to get where you got only to backslide. Right. Let's hone in on this point. There are some statistics in the United States. I'm not sure how this would hold in the UK, but in the United States, in the lower middle market, eight out of 10 companies that go to sell in the lower middle market will not sell. Yeah. Now there's probably a plethora of reasons why that is. Let's dive into why we think that is so. What are some of the reasons that you've seen in your experience why a business did not sell where the owner was trying to do so? Well, I would honestly say that on the, the gold medal winner, the top of the Olympic podium has got to be the business owner. They're the biggest problem, mainly because they've built this business to rely on them and it's tied to their identity. So it's the it's owner reliance is the absolute biggie. Are there any particular stories that you could share? <laughs> keeping the names of the innocent protected? <laughs> yeah, good and bad ones, actually. Let's do the bad news first. This was almost one of my early, earliest clients when I first started working independently. There was a guy called Trevor who had invented this amazing product. And it started out in his garage, you know, literally his home garage. And roll forward 10 years, and he's turning over well north of 10 million pounds. He's employing just shy of 100 people. Uh, he's got a general manager in, and he's just hit the, the, he's just hit the big five zero. So he's had a massive celebration. And things are going really well for, for him. I mean, he's taking over a home well over a million pounds a year in dividends. And then he meets this new love of his life. So he's getting a real second shot at life. And he starts divorce proceedings. So he goes and buys a house in his own name and is really looking forward to his, you know, the next phase of life. And he's even started doing the succession planning. But it, it's already way, way too late. But at least he'd started it. But he hadn't got some of the essentials in place, hadn't got a will for a start off. And while he's preparing to divorce and remarry, he was up a ladder fixing the outside of his house and he fell off the ladder. And within seven days, he was dead, wow. and, uh, which is a real tragedy for everybody. But because he wasn't divorced and he didn't have a will, it meant that Everything just went to his not quite ex-wife, who had no idea about the business, but had obviously been enjoying the million pounds dividend every year. And this resulted in the house that he owned in his own name that was supposed to be with him and his new wife defaulted to the ex-wife or not quite ex-wife. The ex-wife, by virtue of being a shareholder because of the way that they'd set the business up for tax protection, decided that because she had the right to become a director of the business, thought, wow, I am getting in there. Trevor had always kept her out, but I am getting in there. She had no business acumen or training. She got involved in the business, started 
really tearing the business to pieces, spending loads of money on things that had never been spent money on because it wasn't necessary. And within 18 months, that 10 million turnover business was in bankruptcy. Wow. Oh, because there was no succession plan, no essential paperwork. Just a will on its own would have changed the dynamic. So that 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 was a real tragedy. In fact, what happened to Trevor is one of the key drivers to why I do what I do. Uh, because it, it it shook me to the core that this could happen, that this, and and that it could happen so quickly. Yeah. Um, so here's a good news story. Okay. I got I got this call a couple of years ago. It was in the middle of all the COVID stuff. So it was a Zoom call. Never met this person before in my life. And he said, before he even introduced himself, he said, I need to do something. I know I'm the biggest problem in my business. <laughs> I was like really t- taken aback. And then he explained what was going on. And basically, he'd got a management team in place and they'd done a lot of really good stuff. But because they hadn't quite got everything in place. He still found himself stepping back in, not because he needed to, but just because psychologically, you know, this is my business, it's my financial security, and frankly, they can't be doing this as good as I can. And so what we did was, first of all, I always value the businesses because let's get a mark in the sand of where we're starting. So we did evaluation and then we looked at the structure and some of the things that were missing. And I went through my framework um, because I always say, I'll give you everything you need, nothing that you don't. And we'll we'll make sure that nothing falls between the cracks because those the devil's always in the detail. And within a year, he's fully retired. I got the most amazing letter from him saying, oh, I'm flying. I'm living my dream life in my dream location. I'm playing tennis every day and you know management team have increased the turnover of the business they're doing it amazingly well are they doing it the way I would do it no but I got it started and that's why I always said to him what were you what were you afraid of and he went well if they succeed what does that say about how I was running it and he said but if they fail how is that going to impact me financially And I always say to people, what got you from zero to where you are today is not what will get you from where you are today to the next level. And those kind of conversations happened. Plus, we made sure we filled in all the the gaps from a, a documentation and governance perspective. We increased the value of that business by more than a million pounds in less than a year with no extra people. Uh, In fact, they reduced their headcount. They they accepted natural wastage um, and still managed to do more turnover, more efficiently, more effectively, which means that his dividends have now gone up and he's living his dream life and he's really happy. So uh, and and at some point they will be ready to sell. And now they're equipped to even sell to their employees if they want to or sell to a third party. Just keep it going for, you know, the shareholding to pass to the next generation. This episode is sponsored by the best-selling book, The Business Transition Handbook, How to Avoid Succession Pitfalls and Create Valuable Exit Options. 
business owners will learn how to navigate the emotional and practical nature of the transition process to avoid exit regrets. It's crucial to start planning when time is on your side so you don't leave money or your happiness on the table. Reading this book, you'll have Lori Barkman, the business transition Sherpa, guiding you along the way. To download a free copy, head to thebusinesstransitionhandbook.com. That's thebusinesstransitionhandbook.com today. It's a healthier business. The work to be done is to make it a healthier business so yeah. that one day it is ready to sell. And yeah. it's on their time, you know, but sometimes it's on the buyer's time. Many times it's on the buyer's time. When do buyers buy? When buyers are ready. Yeah. Do you have any experience with your clients where they were not ready to sell when a buyer came a calling because the company wasn't prepared to sell? The owner wanted to, but the company wasn't prepared to? Sadly, uh, it's like I, I, I could put names in a tombola and pick those out. Um, and the number of times, uh, so I, so I get approached uh, it two two times. Either I'm very the business owner is very proactive and recognizes all the things that we we're talking about, or they get an unsolicited offer. So uh, and and the unsolicited off offer sometimes can have a really nice headline number. It's like, well, I hadn't really thought about selling, but oh, that number piques my interest. And of course, as you and I know. It's not just about the number. It's all about the terms. And if you're not ready, it doesn't matter what the number is. The buyer is just going to start seeing risk after risk after risk. And what are they going to do? Well, if it's early enough in, and they see a high enough risk, they'll walk away. If it's not obvious what those risks are, then they're going to push you through due diligence, which is painful for everybody. And then they're going to start chipping away at the price. And then they're going to start making the terms harder and harder. But by this time, you're, you're as a business owner, you're tired. And if the business relies on you, you're really tired because you've now got two full-time jobs that are both really stressful. And you start thinking, oh, God, I couldn't go through this again. So actually, I'm going to compromise my terms, the terms that I would be acceptable. And I've literally seen business owners sign something that if you had presented it to them on day one, they'd have went, absolutely no way. But they've drifted into a price and terms that hell would have frozen over before they'd accepted it before the process. But they are now literally screaming, how much longer is this going to go on for? Um, and they're, they're just so worn down by it that it's like, I, I don't care. Just get it out. Just get this away from me. They get the short end of the stick in terms of value. And the message would be, it's about being prepared and having more time on your side so that when it comes to the time you're ready to sell, the business is ready to sell as well. Yeah. When should owners start transition planning to choose the next successor of ownership? not the successor of leadership, that's another topic, but yeah. the successor of ownership. In my book, it's chapter six. It's one of my favorite chapters, which is who should own the business after you? And you should be thinking about that in the same time you're thinking of setting up the business. You know, always start, as Stephen Covey, you know, always start with the end in mind. It's not just, and that's not just, just about, um, you know, operations or day-to-day -day stuff. This is about everything. 
you know, I, I, I don't even start my day without thinking about what the end of the day in mind is. And that's not wishing my life away. I say, like, seriously, I have a limited amount of time here. I know I've got a limited amount of energy. What needs to get done? What's going to get me closer to a successful end of day, closer to a successful end of business? So day one, and it, it's, this, it's the same thing as when's the best time to plant a tree? Well, probably 40 years ago. Well, and the second best time is, well, if you haven't done it between now and 40 years ago, then now is pretty good. And why don't you plan to do it tomorrow? Because you could, we all could be dead tomorrow. We could be. There are so many people in their stage of their life, let's say in age brackets, whether you are a baby boomer, whether you're a Gen Xer that's getting older yeah. and they, they haven't started yet. When is it too late? to start the exit conversation? Well, I'm an optimist, so I'm going to say it's never too late. But let me reframe this into a different context. If you think about what you want your business to do to serve you, and I'm, I'm very conscious of the language I've just used. So if you think, I'm going to, so I'm going to say it again. If you think about what you want from your business in the way that it serves you, as opposed to you being a slave to your business, then the minute that your business is unable to serve you in that way is really too late. Now, many people, many business owners have actually set their entire business up and the, the way the business model works is it's never going to serve them for what they actually wanted it to in the first place because they didn't set it up consciously like that. And the, the best time to change is actually to start thinking about this, this uh, succession um planning so certainly succession of ownership uh because just by focusing on that succession of ownership all of the other th all of the things that are needed for that will actually fall into place and you'll start getting the business that that actually is actually capable of, of serving you so very rarely would i say it's too late um but whether it's too late for you as the business owner to actually do it is going to depend. I mean, I, I've been approached by people who literally actually let me give you an example of uh, recently. This is somebody that I've worked with uh, in the past, not succession and exit planning, but I have had those com conversations with him. Um, and he was always, you know, oh, yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow. I'm too busy now. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Um, about four weeks ago. Um, I got a message saying, I'm closing my business down. I'm transferring the customers to here and I'm doing this, that and the other. And the reason is because I've been diagnosed with a terminal illness. Now, I only got that message less than a month ago and he died last Friday. So that, you know, it, it, that that's a classic case of that. It was just too late. But even the diagnosis, right? it made it too late for him to do anything. I mean, he literally just pointed his customers to another supplier. Yeah. Wow. That's a sad story. Mm. I was in a workshop this week with about 20 CEOs. Not, not all of them were founders or business owners. Many of them were second in commands type of folks, but someone had asked the question, well, our owner is 80. They're not going anywhere. You know, what do you advise? And that comes to mind. If you had asked me the question, People will either leave their business horizontally or vertically. Yes. We've talked a lot today about the horizontal. And of course, we want to encourage the vertical, which is more proactive and, and exiting on your own terms and not necessarily your life 
going away and then the business going away. We want to have an exit that's meaningful to you when you're alive. And so in this situation of when is it too late and there's no terminal illness involved, you know, there's not that type of crisis, but things are just coasting along and the business owner is taking out a nice income and they just cannot separate the personal from the business. Their identity is so intertwined in that scenario. Is it truly too late that that person, we can just understand the factors and look at that situation and say in our own minds, even if we don't say it to them, yeah, they're never leaving. Oh, yeah. So I have some triggers. And so when I'm I'm talking to somebody who says, oh, I, I, I think I might, might, might need some help from you. And I go, well, just tell me about your situation. These triggers are the two triggers. Um, and one of them is, well, of course, I'm never leaving my business. I'll go, well, I'll go, let's cut this. You might have booked a 45 minute call with me and this might be three minutes in. And I'm, I'm going to give you the privilege of 40 minutes of your time back. Because if you've just said that to me, I can't help you. Because that is something you need to change. And it's not for me to persuade you. Um, and I have tried to flog enough dead horses <laughs> to to, uh, to get through that one. But, but I'm never leaving my business. I, I mean, sometimes... I get really sarcastic and I just say, oh, great. We need to go into business together. And they go, what? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've got the secret to living forever, like I reckon that you and me win business together. Oh, we can make so much money. And then you can see their little dials going. because They realize that they've just yeah. said a foolish thing. But some people genuinely believe, oh, no, I'm never leaving my business. I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah, 100% the business owners leave their business. That's right, hundred percent do. The other thing that we see, you've probably seen it too, is I don't have the will in place. Oh, my kids will get it, then they'll figure it out. They just are <laughs> kicking the can, whereas the management team is probably you know shrugging their shoulders, like, oh my goodness, those people should never own this business. It will be complicated. We really should figure this out before you pass. Have you yeah. run into those scenarios? Oh, yes. And and anybody, I, I, nobody's actually directly said to me, oh, you know, my kids will sort it out. Um, actually, they have said to me directly, so I really worry about my kids sorting it out. It's like, but if you put your kids, imagine all your kids were six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and you just walk in with a cake and you go, there you go, kid, that's your, that's your cake. And you can do with it exactly as you please. And there you go, get on with it. Because that's exactly what you're doing. If you're saying, oh, my kids will sort it out, that you're basically giving six to nine-year-olds a cake and asking them to divide it between them. Now, I think any parents that are listening to this will know exactly how that's going to work. <laughs> because for the most part, then there's cake everywhere and nobody gets a full slice. <laughs> and you're in mourning, right? The family's in mourning and it's difficult to mm. bring people into a business they've never been a part of. The management team is shaken to its core yeah. and the sharks might be circling in the water thinking, oh, we could get this business at a good price, mm. but it's all complicated. So I guess net net, Christine, if we were going to say a business owner would they need this? Why do they need it? What are some three reasons that you'll summarize? Why do they need an exit and ownership succession plan? The first thing is, if you want to retire, 
actually, if you want a business that survives longer than you, then it takes a bit of planning. And the so so the first real reason is you've created value. Why would you let that value diminish? You know, so, so it should proliferate itself. Value should proliferate, not backslide. So the first thing is protection of, of, of value. That's why you should do it. Um, the second thing is it, 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 it's a great, the people who start businesses, you know, they're, 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 we're all crazy. We're all unique. But remember, there's a whole raft of the population out there that couldn't actually have started it, but they're really good at doing the next thing. You know, they're really good at managing it and they're really good at growing it. So actually, the second reason why you should start thinking about that is it's the legacy that you're going to leave for the next generation, whether it's your kids, whether it's the management team. Just think about all the stakeholders in your in your um, uh, in, in your business and, and just think of the things that you would be denying them by creating this massive mess. Because that leads me into the third reason why I should do it, is when you fall off your perch, then everybody around you is impacted by that loss. And as the point you just made before, handling grief and then handling, learning something new or sorting a mess out and all of the other things that come through and generally um sorry generally you your family will be suffering from a loss of income if this is unexpected and all of that just adds why put that much stress into the world you've created a really good thing that should actually be bringing joy and happiness to the most amount of people why would you create an equal and opposite amount of misery by leaving a mess for the people that you genuinely care for behind. That's a great summary. We talked about the Stephen Covey quote earlier, begin with the end in mind. I love that quote too. I, I reference it all the time. Is there another quote that you would like to share? Something that inspires you? Oh, at the moment, it's all about, uh, for me, it's all about living. So I found myself saying, um, never worry about getting old. It's pri a privilege denied to many. <laughs> and um uh, and the trouble is that that is often translated as well if i'm getting old i'm going to live forever um but um yeah the aging process is is great and actually being an older business owner and and thinking about all of that uh experience that you have don't don't literally don't throw it away um because the minute you're done you you you're gone it's lost if our listeners want to learn more about you, Christine, what's a good way for them to get in touch? Well, I'm all over LinkedIn. It's my favorite place. And I've been there for a long time, right, right since the very beginning. So um, it's really easy to find me uh, on LinkedIn, Christine Nicholson. And um, I'm a multi-award winning business mentor. And also my, my uh, picture comes up with my Get Exit Ready quiz. So you'll, I'm really easy to find. Um, my website is businessmentoruk.com, but I do serve um, an international audience. In fact, when we were talking earlier, I mean, I know I was talking about succession plus a bit, um, and I do the exit and succession planning, and I know that you do that. 
and then you do a bit that I don't do because um, I I literally don't. You have to be licensed over here to to sell businesses, and I'm not I'm not licensed to do that. Um, but um, yeah, but businessmentoruk.com is a, is a great place to find me. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Christine, for being with me today. It was a real pleasure, and, and um, yeah, thanks for asking those questions because. Sometimes I find it in people, people say, oh, well, you know, why, why is it important? And actually you really drilled into, it's about asking the right question. You really drilled in to get some really focused answers there. Oh, wonderful. So to our listeners, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. And if you have a question or want to connect on what you heard today, reach out to me at successionstories.com. Join me next time for more insights from transition to transaction. I hope that today's episode resonated with you. What actions will you take as a result? If you want to grow, sell, or transition your business, our strategic transition planning process provides clarity and objectivity on the big questions that may be weighing on your mind. Make an intention and take the next step. Set up a complimentary consultation with me to discuss your goals at thebusinesstransitionsherpa.com. That's thebusinesstransitionsherpa.com.